Okay, so we have a little class of breakfast. We begin this week's parasha. Vayikra el Moshe. Hashem calls to Moshe. So Rashi says that even though the rest of the times we have, Vaydaber Hashem, all these things, there's always a calling to Moshe. And he brings also that Vayikra Moshe, the voice is heard only by Moshe. Hashem is talking, but Moshe is the only one picking it up. The uh, Midrash brings a pasuk from Mishlei, when it says, Yesh Zahab Verav Peninim. There's gold, and there are many pearls. But it says, Ukliyakad, but the most, the most uh, precious vessel is Sifte Dat, is the, uh, the, wis- the, 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 the wisdom that comes off of the lips. And it brings this in relation to, to the opening of this week's Perashah. Tells us, the Moshe Rabbeinu, now he's completed the Mishkan. Remember, he comes down the day of Yom Kippur, he asks them for money the next day, a few days later, all done. Seventy days later, the Mishkan is complete. They don't open the Mishkan for another few months. So Moshe Rabbeinu sees everything done so nicely, so quickly, and it says he's a little bit depressed. He says that they brought the gold, the people brought the gold. Moshe didn't bring any gold. The princes, the Nesi'im, brought the jewels for the, uh, for the breastplate. He didn't bring anything. So he feels bad that he didn't bring anything. Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu to him, Chayecha shediburcha chaviv alai yoter min hakol. By your life, don't be distressed because your speech is more dear to me than anything else. And this is the, the, the meaning behind this pasuk that the Midrash is quoting from Mishlei. And it continues, We see that Moshe's words were more precious than any of the other donations to the Mishkan. For all the Jewish people, the divine word only came to Moshe and no one else. And this is what the Midrash is saying. This is the Zerah Shemjoni. He has a question with this. If you're telling me that Moshe's words are the precious words, and you're telling me that that's the meaning, he says, what are you talking about? It says, Vayikra Hashem el Moshe. It's not Moshe spoke, it's Hashem spoke. So how does Vayikra Hashem el Moshe, as Hashem calling to Moshe, explain this to us? How is that the response? And the Pasuk, and the Zerah Shimshoni continues, and he's basing again on the Midrash, and he says that we have to remember that Lefishanatan Moshe Nafsho Al Hamishkan. Moshe dedicated his life to the Mishkan, to show everyone who had wisdom, all the men, all the women, how to do exactly what they needed to do with perfect accuracy and uh, precision. that they shouldn't make a mistake, And therefore he says, therefore the, the Mishkan is called by his name, because we see in Bamidbar, it says, Vayhi beyom kalot Moshe. Moshe finished erecting the Mishkan. Although all the people assisted, it's given to Moshe. Why? Every divine word that was given to Moshe, we see in all of the vessels that were made in all of the clothes, it always says, Ka'ashe siva Hashem et Moshe. It's exactly as Moshe said that that's how it was done. It says that Moshe was so on top of everything, it was as if he'd done, he had done everything. 
He continues based on the Midrash something very important and I think a lesson for all of us. Vezohi kavanata Midrash. This is the, the, the intent of the Midrash. That the words that Moshe addressed to all the craftsmen to teach them how to do everything relating to the Mishkan. Was, was more dear to Hashem than everything else. And he says the reason for this is that the one who causes something to be done is greater than the one who does. And he says, therefore we see Hashem paid back Moshe midah keneged midah. Because the word of Hashem came only to Moshe alone within the Mishkan that Moshe set out to do. And it says, that's why it says, Me'ohel Mo'ed. So Moshe's contribution to the Mishkan was his words to the various craftsmen. And midah keneged midah, Hashem spoke specifically and only relating to the Mishkan. To Moshe himself. Because the word lemod, also it says, it's usually translated saying. It's no, it's saying, here he's saying, it's because Moshe spoke. So Moshe is rewarded for speaking. And it's a tremendous lesson that we think that you do something, it's a great thing. But if you can get someone else, other people to do things, it's an even greater thing. We see this also on the negative side. It says, who's worse, the one who sins or the one who causes other people to sin? And it's the one who causes other people to sin is a terrible thing. And we see this from the story of Menashe. We see that Menashe, we talk about Menashe, he was the, the longest serving king for B'nai Israel. And what happened? He didn't go the way of his father. His father had intent that he should raise him to bring him. He carried him every day to Bet Midrash. But when his father died, he became king. He was 12, 13 years old. And he took B'nai Israel to go after Avodah Zarah. When he dies in the Navi, it talks about him being Rasha. But the interesting thing is, when his death is spoken about in Divreha Yamim, which is written many, many years later in the time of Ezra, it tells us that he did Teshuvah. So the question is, why don't we see his Teshuvah in the Navi? Why don't we only see his Teshuvah hundreds and hundreds of years later? And the rabbis tell us the story. He was captured by the king of Bavil of the king of Ashur, they threw him into a cauldron to cook him alive, you know, like in the cartoons with the, you know, they catch the guy. And, and what happened? He started praying to all his Avodah Zarah. Nothing helped him. He said, I have a tradition from David HaMelech, my father, that even with the knife, I'm going to pray to Hashem. He prays to Hashem. The angel said, how could you save him? He said, no, I'm going to save him. He saves him. Says that Menashe did Teshuvah. He stopped worshipping all Avodah Zarah and he tried to get rid of all the Avodah Zarah in the land that he did. The problem was, he couldn't. Once you open up the, the pillowcase and let the feathers fly, the feathers fly all over. The Avodah Zarah that he did was sent all out the land. When does the Avodah Zarah that he did, his causation to sin, when does it cease? When does it end? Only after the rabbis prayed, that the Ta'ava of Avodah Zarah should leave B'nai Israel. And that's why only in Divrei HaYamim do they talk about the Teshuvah that he did. We see that a person could do something to another person and he, could, he, could, he, he makes him either something or nothing. Just one, one more story. There's a, there's a story about a guy who goes to see a rabbi, Rosh Kolel, in Israel. 
And in his office, there's a picture on the wall, and the picture is the face of a rabbi, and it's like 10 feet tall. The whole height of the ceiling, this huge, huge picture. And he says, I don't understand, how come you have this picture on your wall? I can understand you want to have your rabbi's picture on the wall, you know. Well, what is this? And he tells a story. He says, I grew up, and I left home. I had problems. I moved. I lived in Queens. I was living in a basement. I was doing drugs. I had a long ponytail. And I was trying to earn a living. I couldn't earn a living. One day, he says, I see an ad in the newspaper. They want a janitor in a yeshiva in Far Rockaway. He says, so, I say, you know what? At least it's a job. I'll go get a job. He says, good pay. So I come to try to interview with the head custodian. He's not there. They send me to see the Rosh Yeshiva. The Rosh Yeshiva starts to talk to me. He goes, you know, this is the Yeshiva. Do you know anything about a Yeshiva? He goes, actually, when I was a kid, I went to Yeshiva. I learned, I learned in the Yeshiva, but then I went off the way. So we talked a little bit more. We talked a little bit more. He goes, I'm going to offer you a job but not as a janitor, as a Rebbe in the yeshiva. The guy says, what are you talking about? You're trying to get me to be religious? Or ah, it's not for me, Rabbi. He goes, no, no, no. You're worried. He says, look, I have a ponytail. I don't wear yarmulke. I don't wear tzitzit. What are you going to do with me? He goes, I have three kids who have hair longer than you that we can't relate to at all. You said you learned Gemara. I want you to take the Gemara you learned. I want you to prepare it. And tomorrow you're going to sit with them and teach them. He goes, you serious? He goes, you need a job? He goes, I, I need a job. Comes back the next day. He says, you know, Rabbi, maybe give me a yarmulke. At least I should sit with these kids. He prepared the Gemara with the Rabbi. He sat down with the three kids and he said he loved it. And the, he said that he started working with these kids every day. After a week or so, he says, I feel funny. Everyone wears tzitzit. I don't have tzitzit. The Rabbi says, I'll give you a pair of tzitzit. A few weeks later, he started to put on tefillin. And his whole life changed around. Why? Because someone saw potential in someone else and he caused someone else to do good. It's interesting, we always say that a person is judged after they pass away every year. How could they be judged every year after they pass away? It's not for what they did, it's for what they caused to happen. So really what the, what the Zerah Shimshon is teaching us really is that it's greater the person who causes other people to do good than the person who does good himself. We should always know that we have the ability to influence other people in this world. And if we don't do the right thing and influence other people, it's terrible. And if we influence someone to do bad, you don't realize how much bad could happen. We see it from the story, the, the, the different stories, that, that to understand that this is, this is our responsibility. We should all be able not only to do good, but to cause other people to do good. And Hashem should bring to us, and everything we do with Mashiach, Amen, Amen.